morning, everybody. You really showed up on this holiday weekend. My goodness, we're packed. That's amazing. Um, I don't want to assume that everybody knows who I am. I am Brittany, like Chris said. Um, I'm married to the drummer, (laughs) and his name is Ryan. He's going to be preaching next week for our online service, and it's going to be very good. So tune into that. Um, uh, You can, we have two children. I just wanted to give a shout out to my two awesome kids. Everest is five, Luella is two, and I obviously am very close. I have about like three and a half more weeks to go. (laughs) So it's very, very close to our third child. And um, I am typically, you will find me downstairs because I get the privilege of leading our kids team. Our kids team is amazing, yes, they are. Just do such a good job here every single week. And um, it's a privilege to serve in that way. So I was thinking, like, I always say, I actually preach a lot here at Harvest, pretty much every Sunday, just many sermons to kids. <laughs> so what would make me feel really good is if you just, during like a really, really good point that I'm trying to make, if you just raise your hand and tell me that you're really thirsty or you're really hungry or a random fact about your dog or that your hamster died, <laughs> or that your birthday is, is in April, that would make me feel like so at home up here. No. Of course, I'm kidding, don't do that. In this context, that would be very distracting. I would ask a green shirt to go like, tend to you or something. Um, so, but kids, huh? <laughs> it is truly a privilege to be downstairs. They're such interesting human beings to be around, and especially in this context, um, at church, teaching them and learning from them. And, and what's interesting is Jesus says to become like them. And I'm not talking like a, a, an immaturity, but a childlikeness in our faith. Very, it's just profound to me. Okay, we won't go, that's like a whole other sermon, but <laughs> very, very profound to me. So the past two weeks, this has been quite the past two weeks. Natalie did such a good job, didn't she? She unpacked, yes, give her a hand. She is downstairs um, with the kids team. Uh, She unpacked Psalm 23 for us. Frank last week talked about the tactics of the enemy, did a fabulous, just clear, concise, so good. Um, And he, he, he talked about the tactics, tactics of the enemy and how we can know he has wormed his way into the table with us if we are thinking that we're not good enough. Think, I mean, there's a lot. This is just not an exhaustive list, but thinking that we're not good enough, thinking another table is better than ours, thinking I'm not gonna make it, thinking everyone is against me. What's the common word here? Thinking, yes. So that's what I get to talk about this morning is where the battle is 99% of the time, and it's in between our ears, it's in our mind. If you've gotten to that chapter, if you have not read the book, it's okay. Hopefully you will glean something from this morning. But I get to talk about our minds and uh, the battle in our minds. So let's pray, okay? Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for church. Thank you for our leaders, Roy and Chris, that they forged through and that they have persevered and endured. And we just thank you for them. God, thank you for the privilege to be, to be asked to speak. God, would you speak through me? And Jesus, we know that you just do something deeper and greater on a Sunday morning. It's, it's more than just singing some songs and sitting down and listening to something. And 
But there's something deep that you do when we listen and we hear the word of God. God, I just pray that you would speak through me. Holy Spirit, do what you wanna do in our hearts. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So let's start off. 2 Corinthians 10. I'm gonna take you for a little ride this morning, okay? <laughs> so stick with me here. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. If you know a little bit about the Bible, if you've been around a little while, this is going to, this ver these verses are going to feel, sound very familiar. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war with, as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish, demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension, which is like a claim that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now this, these verses have a lot of intense language in them. Demolish, uh, weapons, captive, stronghold. It just sounds like my son in the basement. I go down and he's like with Duplo. He's built all these things with Duplo and it's like, and then the dinosaurs and the dino battles and the and all the sound effects. And I, there's a lot going on here. This is really intense. Um, and when I read this, it talks about the weapons we fight with. We do, uh, they are used to demolish strongholds. When I, someone like me, when I, when I hear that or read that, I'm like, okay, awesome, great. But what are they? <laughs> what are these weapons? So I'm gonna take you to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. If you have your Bible, I'm not gonna wait for you. I'm just gonna read it, okay? <laughs> Find it if you have your Bible. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, okay? Finally, we, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the word of the spirit, which is the word, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of, of the Lord's people. So this, this, this portion of scripture, this is our, these are the, the weapons of our warfare, the armor of God. Now, there's seven of them and two of them are offensive. It's the word of God and prayer. So that tells me those two things are more important, more important and more powerful than I can ever imagine. So just the other night, Everest was, I was putting him to bed and he said, mom, pray for me that I don't have another bad dream. I was like, oh, I didn't know you had a bad dream last night. And he said, yes. And, and so I just like, cause I've been looking into this and, and I'm like, dude, yes, I will pray for you. And you know what? Just like little teaching points, right? It's good for the gospel, the Bible, <laughs> Jesus. It's profound yet simple. We can teach it to children. Right? So, and that's what I, oh, I love that. So just right there, right at his bed, just two nights ago, I was like, yes, I will pray for you. And you know what? He's gonna love this. <laughs> I was like, the Bible says that when we pray, it's actually a weapon. 
Like the Bible is a weapon. And when we pray, when we talk to God, when we speak things out, it's actually, the Bible says it's a weapon. So when I pray for you, it's like a sword or like a lightsaber. (laughs) I'm gonna pray for you that you do not have any bad dreams. He didn't have a bad dream that night, which is awesome. Um, But so two of them are offensive, but the other five are defensive. And it kind of shows me (laughs) there is a battle and we wouldn't need a battle unless there was somebody to fight against and something to fight for right, in this life? Now, I'm not someone who, I wanna move this over. I'm not someone who focuses too much on uh, our enemy. I don't think we should. And it's, it's interesting that the last time I spoke actually was quite similar, um, but I don't think we should, as Christians in our walk with Jesus, we don't focus on our enemy or the demonic or anything like that. I don't think we should. We need to focus on Jesus and what he's won for us. But I am, I, I, being someone like me, I do have to remind myself there is actually an enemy. Jesus talks about him. He talked to him, which we'll read. And this enemy actually does. I don't have to be afraid at all, but he does hate me and wants me separated from God. And he doesn't like me <laughs> and isn't comfy and cozy with me. He would like me to see me separated from God and, and um, tormented in my mind and feel purposeless and feel depleted and over busy and feel, being prideful and all of that. He wants me right where he wants me in that, in that place. I don't have to be afraid because the Bible also says one of the greatest verses, I think, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. We don't have to be afraid. But there is an enemy and the Bible calls him uh, the father of lies. So there is a battle going on and it's a spiritual battle and it primarily is in our minds. So this is kind of hard to hear, but we may not have the power to change our DNA, change our circumstances, change what has happened to us, um, change you know, there's a lot of things we can't change, but there, are, there is something that we can actually play a huge, huge, huge part in changing, and it is our mind. And Louis Giglio, the, the author of the book, he says something when I, when I heard it, I was like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one to hear. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say it, it just sounds too intense, but it is really good. <laughs> he says, if you don't walk free, it's your fault. You're like, I came to church to be encouraged, Brittany. (laughs) But if you don't walk free, it's your fault. Now, I think when I say that, I think just this morning, we can put the, just put the brakes on blame and fault finding because it's very natural, right? Me too. Something goes wrong, who did it? It's not me, it couldn't possibly be me. Or just, we, we want to find who, who is making us feel this way, or she, she made me mad, or she, this happened, or this is, my, this is my family history, so naturally I'm going to struggle with this. There are things that actually, if when we do these couple steps, we can say, stop, wait, that's actually not healthy. There's, there's ways that we can get our minds free. So, Let's look at some strategies. So strategy number one, identify the thought and restrict access. So when we're struggling in our mind, 
strategy number one that Louis Giglio gives us is identify the thought and restrict access. So Ryan and I were dating, uh, when we were dating and engaged, I lived in the States, he lived here. We were crossing the border a lot. And we were one month away from getting married and we were crossing into Cornwall and they just pulled us in because I, I had crossed a lot. Pulled us in and um, asked us lots of questions about the um, nature of our relationship and, and all that. So it, it was a very long time being like an interrogation almost. Very long time. Took my phone, looked all through my phone. Just to, like, what is going on with this couple? Are they actually really getting married? Because I guess there's marriage fraud that happens. But they wanted to make sure when I came over, I had the right documentations, which is good. Um, but we weren't married then. We were just going to skate the canal <laughs> that day. But that, all of the questioning led to me actually being um, denied access into Canada until after we got married. So that was kind of stinky at the moment. Um, what was more, even more complicated was uh, we were planning at, right after our wedding, we would drive over the border, drive to Montreal, stay there, and then fly out to our honeymoon in Mexico. But we couldn't do that because they wouldn't, they even wanted pictures from our wedding and I couldn't get that the night of the wedding. So we had to buy two more plane tickets and flee from the States. So it was a little complicated, but worth it of course, and it's fine. But being restricted, so now at the border, if they ever ask, have you ever been denied access into Canada? I have to say yes, <laughs> which is kind of a bummer. But so being denied access in that way does not feel good. But when it comes to our thoughts, we have to be as intense as that. We have to be inter <laughs> interrogate our thoughts as intense as that. So when we, when we, you get to, we get to decide what thoughts actually stay. Now, when a bad thought comes in, that's not, that's not our problem, but it's when we keep it there and we start thinking about it. Um, when we think about in Genesis, I'm not gonna go, to, go and read it, but Adam and Eve, they're in the garden. Talk about perfect, perfect couple, perfect relationship with God. They walked in the cool of the night with God. Perfect relationship with God. The enemy still wormed his way in. And what he tempted Eve with really was, bottom line is he, what he said was, did God really say that you couldn't eat from this tree? And then went on. And what the, the, the thought, the bottom line thought was, really, maybe God's missing, like maybe I'm missing out. Maybe he's holding out on me. And that thought, if when we really boil it down, it's like, no, he wasn't. He just knew what was best for them. But it got carried away. And obviously we know the story. But sometimes like that can happen. But I had a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, experience a couple weeks ago. Um, and Oh, sorry, I want to do strategy number two before I talk about that. Strategy number two, speak to the thought in Jesus' name. So we identify the thought, restrict access. We can say, stop, wait a second. Think about what you're thinking about. Don't let your mind run wild. Think about what you're thinking about. And then once you have your thought, speak to the thought in Jesus' name. So I had an interesting experience um, a couple years ago, actually more than a couple, it was about like a decade. And I was just in front of the mirror and I uh, was just doing my hair, listening to some worship music. I was getting ready for work or something like that. And I had a, a thought that just popped into my head and it, it made my skin crawl, quite honestly. And um, it was about me. And um, as, soon as, it, as soon as it popped into my head, I, it, 
it, ma it made my skin crawl, made my stomach hurt. And I was like, wait a second, what in the, what was that? Like, I, I, oh my goodness. And I knew, and I had known enough. I was about in my early twenties. I had known enough to be like, wait a second, this isn't right. I have never had an experience like this ever again. That was the only time. And um, it was very direct. It was very like, you are just, it wasn't good. Language I don't even use. It was very interesting. And ugh. so immediately, I, I, I obviously had learned to do this. Immediately I said, in the name of Jesus, get away from me. That's not true. I belong to God. Immediately. Now, I used my mouth. We have to actually use our mouths. <laughs> and, we, and this is not me being polite. We don't need to be, excuse me. That's not very nice. Like, in the name of Jesus, get away, get away from me. <laughs> Whatever that is, get away from me. That's not true. And I belong to God. And I, and I said that, and, and I didn't like immediately feel better, but I just was like, ah, oh, okay. The, the enemy doesn't bow at the name of Brittany, but he bows at the name of Jesus. And there is power. We just sang, I love that new song. We can use the word, and we sing that song sometimes like, there's power in the name of Jesus. It's not just songs that we sing. There is actually power in literally saying his name. If you can't even think of anything else to say in a moment, you can just say Jesus, Jesus. And there's power in the spiritual realm when we speak his name. Um, so, that was a really interesting experience. That thought was very prominent. It was very outside of me. And it was just so not any, like anything that had ever happened. There's, that, can, that can happen. But usually what happens <laughs> is the, the thoughts that have a little bit of truth in them, maybe that really can get inside of us. And it's easy to, you know, that, that happened like a decade ago. It's easy to talk about things that, happened a long time ago. But there, just a couple weeks ago during kids camp, oh boy, I was struggling with some things. And I just, you know, busy and just whatever. And a couple things happened. And I, and I realized, oh, I'm, I'm in a bit of a funk here. And I, and I, uh, there was a meeting one, one night and I just like came in, you know, just there was some worship in the beginning. I just start worshiping and then boom, I just start crying. And I just, I realized, oh my, crying in a good way. And I just like felt God's presence and, and just realized, whoa, um, I, I was thinking about, I, I was just feeling angry about something. And I realized, oh, sometimes the way we feel, there's a lot, we're just, there's so much to us. There's our minds, but also our emotions and all of that. And I was feeling angry and I realized anytime this thing happened, oh, it made me angry, but I wasn't really getting to the bottom of what, what is this underlining thing? And just during worship, there's just power during worship. During worship was just a couple weeks ago. I realized, kind of boiled it down. Oh my goodness. I actually feel nobody cares about me. Now, is that true? No, that's not true. But I realized that now the thought when back, back 10 years ago, that thought that popped in, okay, I can speak, speak to that in the name of Jesus. That, that's never happened anymore. But these types of thoughts that actually were, I was just walking through every day, a couple things happening and realizing every day, I'm actually walking in this thought that, oh my goodness, nobody, actually nobody cares about me. And that, when, I, when you let that get into you, that can be really dangerous. And it's those thoughts that are hard that to, to get out. So, oh, do you know when we speak, when I, what I did in the, in the mirror, 
um, that day, when I said those words, when I said Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that is not being a spiritual hero or shouting and yelling at the devil. I don't think we need to do that. I think that's silly. We don't need to do that. But do you know when we speak to a thought in the name of Jesus, we are actually just acting like children of God. That's all we're doing. We're just acting like children of God. It's who we are. It's our right to do that. And that's what, that's what it is. So we don't have to be polite. <laughs> we don't have to be um, scared because he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Not me, myself, but the spirit of God inside of me. And we just act like God's kids when we start standing up against things. So after you speak to the thought in Jesus' name, we claim the truth. Strategy number three, claim the truth. You can't claim the truth unless you know the truth. <laughs> so I just wanna say that that's, it's so important to just get into the Bible for yourself. Get like, if, even if it's just two minutes in the morning, you have like a little devotional on your, on, your Bible, on your phone or whatever you need, just getting into the Bible by, uh, for yourself that's where the truth is. And coming, just coming to church, I'm preaching to the choir, of course, coming to church and just learning, being in the message and learning the word of God. That's how we get the truth inside of us. But also just getting around people who know more than us. When small groups start, get in, not that your small group leader knows more than you, but getting around like-minded people to learn the truth. And also getting around people who keep you very real <laughs> and who you can be very comfortable with and honest with, and they will speak the truth inside to you. Um, so, uh, but <laughs> the best way to, sh <coughs> to show this is, I couldn't wait to get to this part. The best way to show this someone claiming the truth is Jesus in the wilderness. Matthew 4, let's go there, Matthew 4. Okay, Matthew 4, Je Jesus tested in the wilderness. Well, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fa fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That's the biggest understatement of the entire Bible. <laughs> <laughs> after fasting 40 days, 40 nights, I'd be dead. So after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you cannot strike your foot, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said, it is also written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Whew. These verses are pretty intense. Every time Satan tempts Jesus with something, Jesus combats it with comes back with the truth. Now, the things that Satan tempted him with, the first one, uh, he was hungry, right? Appetite, our, our normal appetite, tempt the temptation of appetite. That's not a bad thing. He was hungry. But what, what 
What was bad about it, if he would have eaten, is just out of God's timing. It's not that God wanted him to fast his entire life, <laughs> but it just wasn't the right timing. And Jesus knew that, so he came back with the truth. No, I'm not going to do that. Second one, um, just the, the applause. Jump off and the angels will will um, jump off this cliff and the angels will come rescue you and everyone will think it's amazing. Jesus already knew his destiny. It's the temptation of like applause. Look at me. <laughs> and Jesus already knew that that was going to come. He was going to be famous, but not yet. That's not yet. That's not gonna, I'm not gonna do that yet. That's not in, that's not in God's timing. And then the, the third one, being when... Um, the temptation of like authority. Look at all the kingdoms and all their splendor. You can have all of this. Jesus is like, I am going to have all of this in time. I'm gonna die for it. I'm gonna die for all these people. He could have just said, okay, you know, I don't want to do that. He could have chosen to do that, but he didn't for us. And he said, no, I'm not, and he combats it with truth. Um, I find that so, so crazy. But what is really, really interesting about this, okay? or the, the few verses before Jesus went into the wilderness. A few verses before, Matthew 3, 16 and 17, it, that, the, these verses close Matthew 13, and then it goes into Matthew 4, or sorry, Matthew 3, and it goes into Matthew 4. These few verses, it says right before, so Jesus, John the Baptist, his cousin, is baptizing people. And then I always think like Jesus is coming down a hill. I don't know if the Bible says that, but like he sees Jesus coming and he's like, this is the son of God. John the Baptist is saying this. And, and Jesus comes to him, hey, baptize me. And John the Baptist is like, I cannot, I can't baptize you. I, I can't even, you are, I can't. And Jesus is like, yes, baptize me. This is, this is the way that this is the word of God. This is, this is what I need to do. This is the next step. So John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And he, when he comes out of the water, it says this, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So Jesus comes out of the water a dove lands on him, a voice from heaven. I think baptism services are amazing here, but I have yet to heard a voice from heaven <laughs> come, from, come down. Um, they're absolutely amazing. If you've ever been here, if you haven't been here for a baptismal, bapt, uh, a baptism Sunday, they're, they're off the charts. Um, but so Jesus comes out, the voice from heaven, he lets, God lets everyone on shore know this is the son of God. He is mine and I am well pleased. Had Jesus even had his ministry yet, done all these great things? No, Jesus was coming out of a time of like just serving his dad, learning the trade, just being not famous or anything like that. And God, yet God is saying, I am, here is my son who I am well pleased. So he announces this on the shore right after the next verse. I don't know how long it was, but right after the next verse we read is Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Wow, <laughs> that is awesome. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness. <laughs> and it's here, I wanna say this this morning, it's here in the wilderness that I mean, Jesus didn't have strategy number one, but he, 
identified the thought, restricted access, claimed the truth. He did all these things. It's in the wilderness times of life, like Chris was saying really just quickly this morning, talking about like just seasons, hard seasons of life. It's in the wilderness seasons that we have to do this like we're breathing. And I don't know if you have noticed, but breathing is something that happens regularly. I have never heard someone say, I am so tired of breathing. I have been breathing since I woke up today. No, it's just something that happens. We do it automatically. And sometimes claiming the truth and thinking, stopping and thinking about what we're thinking about and, and re- saying, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going down that path. I'm going to let grass grow on that path because I've been down there way too many times. I'm going to let grass grow on that path. I need to let the grass grow and start forging another path. It's super hard. This is not easy. I was like, oh man, <laughs> this is the chapter I get to speak on. Like, because it's, it's so good and powerful, but it's not easy. And so when it, this, but it's in the wilderness seasons, right? It's not like mountaintop woo times. It's in the wilderness season, the hard, hard times <laughs> that we have to do this like we're breathing sometimes every single day. And I, sometimes I'm like, if I, could, if I wrote a book, I want, I want the title to be The Unglamorous Christian Life. <laughs> like there's like victorious Christmas, Christian life, which Ryan's gonna talk about freedom and, and victory next week. It's so good. He already recorded it because it's, and, and I listened to half of it. it. It's so, so good. But I almost wanna write a book titled The Unglamorous Christian Life because yes, it's wonderful, but there are times in our walk with Jesus that you're like, what is going on? <laughs> Has anyone, I say this to the kids, raise your hand, don't tell me a story, but raise your hand, <laughs> raise your hand. Has anyone had a moment in their walk with Jesus? Only Aaron, Aaron and I, that is it. Okay, That's, it's been a little tough. <laughs> and I, there was one time where I'm like, man, I, I mean, lots of times, but uh, <laughs> when I, a couple years ago, I, um, you're seeing me right now walking. It's easy, you know, when you look at people's lives. Oh, I'm going to get, it's always right here. When I, when I went through my message, oh, start crying. It's, it's easy to look at someone and think, oh, wow, <laughs> like that must be easy for them or whatever the case may be. And so you're seeing me with a very big swollen belly. I'm going to have a baby in three weeks. Um, and I am, so, we are, Ryan and I are just so, so beyond blessed to, to get to have three kids. Wow, they're up. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't call you up yet. Wait, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, wrap it up, Brett, wrap it up. Whoa, okay. But so three, you know, a, a couple, we had, we're getting to have... We are blessed with three kids. It blows my mind that we get to have three kids. Um, and that's, I say, get to, because it's not a guarantee. And for us, it has not been easy. And so years, a couple years ago, I had an, a ruptured ectopic. Very, I'm not going to get into what that is. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, a ruptured ectopic, and it was very scary. Left side, gone. I had um, emergency surgery one, almost exactly one year later, same hospital, same ER doctor, same OB. I, I um, had another one. <laughs> and so if you put two and two together, you're like, wait, how are you pregnant then? But I'll get to that. 
Um, so I knew something was wrong, but I'm like, no, how could that, how, how could one person have two ruptured ectopics? Like that doesn't even make sense. And like, we're praying, like we've had to pray a lot for all of our children. And, um, and I'm like, no way, no way. But I'm like, ooh, all the signs are here. <laughs> this is not good. Um, so I finally went in and I, cause I just was so sick. And um, same ER doctor, he recognizes me from the year before and he does the quick ultrasound in the triage room and then he goes out really quick and it comes back in and he's like, I just said it very gently. Oh, he was, he is, he's such a good doctor, whatever his name is. And he, he was like, I am so sorry, but the ultrasound showed your pelvis is full of fluid and I'm pretty sure it's another ectopic, ruptured ectopic and you're internally bleeding. That's what a ruptured ectopic does you internally bleed. If you don't catch it, you can die. Um, and I, in that moment, so I had already had one. So if you know biology a little bit, there's only two. So two fallopian tubes. So I had already had one taken out. So in that moment, I'm, I'm laying on the bed. Ryan couldn't be with me, COVID and that kind of thing and the kids and, and, um, and you know what I started to do? I started claiming the truth. No, no, I did not. I started bawling my eyes out. I started bawling my eyes out. I did not do identify the thought, restrict access. And no, I didn't do any of that. I am human and, and God cares about the whole person. And in that moment that like, I'm like, because oh, the implications of, of that, I'm like, we can't have any more kids. Oh my goodness. I'm so thankful for Everest and Luella, but I'm so sad. And, and I just was like, so in my head and I'm laying there and I'm bawling my eyes out and he's crying and, or he's not crying, <laughs> I'm crying. He seemed like he would, he was a very compassionate doctor. So he's like, we're prepping the ER, you need to get into, you need to get in surgery. It was deja vu, the same, I'm like, I was angry. Like what in the world? Why, like once, but twice the same exact thing happening and we're done. Like even if we wanted to have, more kids naturally than we can't. Like it was just completely stripped from me. And um, so I, you know, I have the OB comes in, wonderful Dr. DeHinbo, and he remembered me from the year before. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they, I, I have surgery. And I was so mad because I was like, no, another surgery. I've had lots of surgeries, which is weird here and since I moved to Canada. And I'm like, no, uh, not another surgery. I was so, Going to surgery, if you wanna know the ending, obviously <laughs> uh, the doctor usually isn't there when, um, when uh, you come out of surgery, but the, the OB was, Dr. DeHinbo was, um, and he came in and he was there when I woke up and he's like, Brittany, in his beautiful accent and so kind. And he's like, I, I've never seen this before. <laughs> he goes, but he goes, it's a miracle. And he goes, your left tube that I took out last year grew back, not healthy, I know, not healthy enough, <laughs> but yes, not healthy enough to house like a, a to, to help a, a, a normal pregnancy at all, but it grew back enough to, you know, and I, and I, and he's like, so, I was like, so you took it out for good, right? Like you just, <laughs> and he's like, yes. And he's like, I took it out again. And he's like, but your right side is completely healthy. 
I'm like, oh my goodness, what an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> so yes, clap, that is amazing. Like a doctor saying, I've never seen this before, but this is a miracle. Um, but before, like before hearing about the miracle, those, it's because it takes a little while, even though they're prepping the OB, it takes a little while. Ryan ended up coming and we had to process, like we had to get to the point where in a short amount of time before surgery, which you, you can, you can, you know, we, we were like, okay, we're going to have to process this for a long time. <laughs> but right now, before I go into surgery, like, okay, let's take a deep breath and let's just mourn, right? Like there's times where it's like, yes, this is good. This is all good, but life is really hard sometimes. And if we're just like, have you read your Bible today? No, I haven't. I actually just need someone to talk to. Or like, I just, I, we, I love our community of people where you find someone, find someone who you can be really, really raw with in those times in the wilderness seasons, because we need help sometimes. We need help figuring out what is the thought? I don't even know. And my thought, everything goes weird in, in my head. In that moment, I'm like, did Ron and I do something wrong? I don't think at all our God punishes like, and, and like, you're gonna have too, no, I don't think he's like that. I, kn I know too much about him to think that about him. I don't think so, but it's just life. And life throws stuff at us that it's like, oh no, this just doesn't make sense. It's the unglamorous parts of the Christian life. Now we can start thinking in our minds, God doesn't care. Something must be wrong with Ryan and I. Something uh, we're not, I thought I had this thought on the hospital bed. We're not good parents. So we're, we can't have kids or something like just the weird thoughts that pop in your head you know but if we let these thoughts linger and not process them they can get us to a point where we just give up we actually just give up and the bible talks about endurance and perseverance and you know when people newly when people get saved here i love it i love hearing like mia always knows she's she always knows like how many hands went up at the end and like who who say who got saved and and water baptism services are so amazing. But you know what? Usually water baptism services, there's always a couple people that, are, that stand out to me. And I'm like, and I start praying for them. Because when you first get saved, it's awesome, right? It's exciting. You can't wait to get to church. You connect immediately in worship. It's amazing. You, you're starting to hear God's voice. It's, it's super exciting. And then... Sometimes that lasts a really long time, sometimes six months, just however long. And it just, things get a little bit harder. It's, it's a little harder to connect, right? And it's, and it's just hard. Um, and you start being like, ah, oh, I just, it doesn't feel easy to me anymore. And, and it's, it's there, it's there that God wants to just show us and, and help us and lead us through those times because it's it's not we're not going to feel that woo feeling all the time especially in the times of when wilderness wilderness times come right after god announced on the shore jesus is my son i'm well pleased with him he led him into the wilderness i don't know why i don't but it just really does give me comfort that maybe sometimes it's not, it's nothing I did or anything like that. It's just, this is part of my story. And God, the promise here is, the promise is he will never leave me. On the hospital bed, I felt God's presence 
even though I'm bawling my eyes out thinking I'm not a good parent, something's wrong with Ryan and I, what did we do? Or like what? I had all of these messed up thoughts, but I felt God's presence in a way that I hadn't. It's actually, we do feel God on the mountaintops experiences, but it's in these times where we can feel His presence and His closeness because of the promise that we have. He will never, ever leave us. And so, oh goodness, I'm gonna, skip that part since the worship team is already up here. I was going to call them now, but they're already up here. Sorry, All right. So, <laughs> so there's a battle. Um, there's some, a verse I just really like, be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. It's important, I, I like that be well-balanced. It's in another version, it's be sober, but sober just means well-balanced, well-disciplined, self-disciplined. And I like that because really, really practically, the times that I have a really hard time, yes, wilderness seasons and stuff, but practically, times I have a, the hardest time in my mind is when I'm just tired, just physically and emotionally, and or whatever. And so taking care of ourselves, God, cares about our whole self, our minds, our emotions, our physically how we're doing. So what can we do to just simply take care of ourselves? This, I know it sounds like the music is going, but I'm gonna talk about something really practical, but it's also very spiritual. Getting enough sleep, Good. eating well, getting alone. My house is loud and it's gonna get louder <laughs> very soon. And I, I am someone, people are like, oh, you're such an extrovert. I'm actually an introvert. I desperately need some time alone. So getting some alone to stay healthy. <laughs> get with people you just actually enjoy being around. Get off your phone, your computer, <laughs> and, or your watch if it's dinging all the time. That could actually really help our minds. And pay attention to social media's effect on us. If that's something that you're like, you're just scrolling, just not even thinking, you're just scrolling and realizing, oh, it's actually causing me some anxiety. It's messing with my mind a bit. There is something that you can do on your phone. You take your phone, at least on an iPhone, you can push on an app and it says, delete app. <laughs> and like, <laughs> Actually, on my phone, if you want to delete an app, you have to do it, delete it, and then it asks you two more times to delete it. I'm like, they don't want you to delete these apps. I did that to Facebook five years ago, and I've, I've never gone back, actually. Now, I do not think Facebook is bad. That is not at all it. But for me, I realized five years ago, this is noisy in my head. It's too much. I, I, just for who I am and how I function, I can't even do that. I got rid of it pushed delete on it. <laughs> and if you, if that's what God wants, is calling you to do, jot some things down if you're feeling it. Create margins and boundaries in our lives. Margins meaning like a piece of paper, there's margins around. Make some margins in your calendar, not packing every single day so tight that you don't have a blank day just to do nothing. And just have fun. <laughs> Sometimes it reminds me of the Casting Crowns song that says all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy and just having finding what what is fun to you and and creating some space to do that can really really help us with our minds but there's a battle for sure and what's important I loved the way Frank is he up here Frank ended his message so I'm going to steal it Frank <laughs> and say it again because it's good to repeat it doesn't matter 
what's like we're at this table with Jesus. Doesn't matter really who's around the table, what's on the table. Who ma- what matters is who is at the table with us. He's a person, he is God, he is Jesus. And he's actually already one so we can sit secure in our seat and there is a process. This is a process as we, when we first get saved and that, that struggle sometimes, it's just when we're saved, salvation, secure. Sanctification, just started. And it's a process and I can't wait for you to listen to Ryan, Karen, and Mia is the grand finale. It's gonna be so good at the end. And she's gonna talk more about this in depth, but this is such a process. But while we're in the process, while if we are in the wilderness season, we can trust the person sitting at the table with us. His name is Jesus. And if you, we always give the opportunity at the end of the service, if you have never asked Jesus into your life, that we can have an opportunity to do that at the end. So I'm going to pray. Pray a prayer first, give you an opportunity, raise your hand. If your heart's beating fast, yes, I want that. I actually know I need freedom. And the only person that can truly bring freedom to my life is Jesus. And the Bible says, if we confess, I love this. It's so, that's why I just love, we can teach it to children. It's simple yet profound. If we confess and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and speak it out with our mouths, we're saved. So that's what we're gonna do. So I just wanna give you a moment. I'm gonna count to three, raise your hand. If you are feeling in your heart, in your whole being, oh my goodness, I don't know what this is about. I don't understand it. (laughs) But as she's talking this very, super pregnant lady up there, something's hitting me. (laughs) And I, I, I don't know, but I want this. I don't know what it is, but I want that. One, just raise your hand. Two, three, raise your hand if you're just like, I want this. All right, I'm gonna pray. Pray after me, okay? Repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for this seat. Thank you for this seat. At a table with you. At a table with you. I believe you are God. I believe you are God. I believe you died on the cross and rose again to save me from my sin. Rose again to save me from my sin. I want the new life you bring. I want the new life you Come into my life. Come into my life. And make me new. And make me new. And lead me on this journey. And lead me on this journey. To freedom in my mind. To freedom in my mind. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for all you've done. And for how far I've come. And for how far I've come. But I know there's more. But I know there's more. Lead me into truth. Lead me into truth. Lead me into freedom. Lead me into freedom. Lead me to you, Jesus. Lead me to you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Cause that's the power of your name. Just submission makes a way. Giants fall and strongholds breaking. There is healing.
Sunday after that, we're back in the room. See you soon, everybody. Love you.